Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless Mortgage experience. 40 minutes from now, Matt Verderam joining us. We'll talk NFL with him. National College Football writer, fan cited. Good dude. Talk to him. Get it all in about, well, about what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. More on that coming up in a moment. Tua Tungabailoa and what's going to happen with him. And i got to get into that a little bit later on because I think that I don't. I, I need to understand where Tua Tungabailoa got stupid all of a sudden because it's not his brain that was holding him from playing. We, we got that, right? It was his ankle. It was his foot. It wasn't his brain. It wasn't about that. And two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I'm hearing on national networks, well, you know, if they, if they can't play Tua soon, you, you're going to have to look at a, a quarterback in the draft. Oh, oh okay. Oh, all right. And two weeks later, how could they play Tua at 3-3? Three and three? All right, we'll find out Matt Verderam coming up in about 40 minutes. 855-2124-CBS. I want to get to the phones here in a moment because we actually got people in on about, uh, on Antonio Brown. Let me get to the great Anthony Pirino. Hello, Pirino. Hey, what's up, Ken? I love you. I just want to let everybody know that. I'm yeah, a big fan of glad you got my name right this week. You weren't Shut confused. Shut up. It was a total accident, okay? All you New York Two guys. Two weeks in a row. All you Two New York producers. Shut up. All you New York producers sound the same, okay? Y'all have that terminal accent, and so I get y'all mixed up because you're all relatively young, and I hear you, okay? Okay. So, yeah, sometimes I get y'all mixed up. I forgive you. The only guy who doesn't look like how he sounds over there is uh, Nick Fiodoro. <laughs> Nick Theodora has this like thick New York accent, and I look at him. I go, "You should sound like me." What are you? What is this? What are you doing, Nick? Um, Pierno, you always are the proctor of the top five, and you always send me scrambling. So I'm a little nervous to ask you, but it, this is now next Saturday will be Halloween. Oh my God! Next are Saturday you, is Halloween. Are you thinking about what you're going to do for the Halloween extravaganza top five already? Don't yeah, I already, me. I already know. I already know what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. What do you got for me, Pierno? So What's this week? week, we're going to do the top five Halloween songs. So songs that should be on your Halloween party <laughs> playlist. Minute. Okay. Halloween. Well, the Monster Mash is going to be on there, of course. Okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. Great Halloween songs. Songs that should be on your Halloween party playlist. If you're having a Halloween party, these songs you need to it, be playing. Okay, this is going to – I'm going to end up picking – I'm not going to be good. Yours is going to be good. I'm I'm not going to – oh, I already got a couple. Of, okay, we're good. Well, I'm actually going to be okay. All right, so I already have what I'm going to yep. pick out for next week. So I just want to run a couple others by you. Just I was just curious oh. if you had been okay with them Please. at some point. 
please. Well, we talked about this last week off the air during one of the breaks. For all okay. the wrestling fans out there, I was thinking about top five Halloween Havoc matches. But that would have been a little difficult. That's difficult, that, man. That's, that's difficult. really hard. I mean, I got to go back in history. I need more than a segment. If, you were, if yeah. we're going to do that, I need more than a segment to think of that. Uh, I was also considering the – again, I know, I know you like The Simpsons, but I'm not sure how big of a fan you are. So I was considering, like, top five oh. Treehouse of Horror moments. Oh, that's such a good one. I, I already know my number one. You would have been able to do that? Yeah, it's just I already know my number one, and I want—I really want to tell you right now, but I don't want to put the—I don't want to put the screws to next week. And then I was also thinking about um, like top five Halloween Halloween themed TV episodes. Like so, you know, a lot of TV shows will have Halloween episodes. Okay. So like Roseanne was—I used to love the Roseanne Halloween episodes. Like a lot of TV shows has some really good like Halloween. Home Improvement had great yes, Halloween yes. episodes. I wasn't sure man. if that. I'm not sure. I saw. I was. I thought about that, but I wasn't sure if yeah. that would be too difficult for you no, as well. Home, home Improvement so. had some great ones. Roseanne had some great ones, man. Like, 90 sitcoms always had really good Halloween episodes where it was a it was a it was a real treat to watch those Halloween episodes. It was. Those were always yeah. fun because there would there'd be some cameo that always worked out and it, it was it was good stuff. That was really good stuff. OK, well, we'll think about that for next week. But this week is the best Halloween songs, top five Halloween songs of all time. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Well, I already know one of them. Monster Mash is going to be in there at some point. By the way, I wanted to tell you, I know you're a big, huge uh, film buff. I saw the original. Liz got Peacock. I didn't know it's free, at least right now. Some things are free on it. You, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Most of it's free, I'll yeah. say. I saw the original 1931 Dracula with Bella Lugosi. You know, oh. <laughs> it's on there. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say anything. What? Whoa, 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 no, because well, no, because I maybe I, I might use this for next week. Maybe as a top okay. five. It was great. It was sensational. Like my son, my five year old son was sitting there and he was like messing around with his iPad next to it. So you know, it's not that scary. But you could tell, like, hey, for 1931, it's probably scary as hell. It's probably scary as hell for 1931. Because there was, I, according to what I was reading about it, it's the first movie ever without, like the first horror movie without comic relief, uh, the, like the talkies. Yeah, yeah. Once it can actually speak, like Nosferatu, that is, that's 1922, and that's, <laughs> you know, that's, there's certainly uh, no comic relief in that one. But the Dracula with Bela Lugosi, I felt so bad, made me feel bad for Bela Lugosi, because I remember seeing Ed Wood when I was a kid. With him, with Johnny Depp and Martin Landau. Mm-hmm. And so it made me feel bad for Bela Lugosi, because he kind of <laughs> ends sad. Actually, and sad for both he and Ed Wood, if you think about it, but still. Uh, it was great. It was fantastic. Um, I liked it. I really liked it. I want to see The Raven. I want to see Frankenstein. Those are both on there. But I, I, I enjoyed the 1931 Dracula. I thought it was fantastic. So, unpaid testimonial. I know. It's technically a different network. But uh, if, you, if you want a little bit of, of a historic fright, it's a good movie. Okay. We good? We good. Off we go. All right, I'm going to get to this call here, and then i gotta, I got to talk to you about He says he doesn't care about the national media and what they say, and I want to believe him, and I think he's trying. There's not a chance in hell he doesn't care. I'm not sure if things are going to work out for Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay. I don't think that Antonio Brown likes playing football anymore. Not about the on-the-field stuff. I mean everything it takes to be an NFL football player – I don't think he wants to do that anymore. 
Skillet in Kansas City, he's been on hold, though. He wants to tell me different. Now, tell me how this is going to work, Skillet. Thanks for holding. Go ahead. Well, this is the second shot at him. Uh, Brady already worked with him before, and I think he learned his lesson. And I, I honestly believe he'd still be a Raider if the Raiders wouldn't have brought over that linebacker from Cincinnati that knocked him out cold. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So because of the teammate that he might have had with the Raiders, that's why he didn't want to play for the Raiders skillet? Well, absolutely. I think he knocked him out cold twice, if not once. And, and how do we know he learned his lesson, by the way? He was out for eight games. Again, he doesn't want to play. He got $9 million guaranteed last year. I can't guarantee that he learned his lesson. A team still want him. How's that learning a lesson? He's willing to do anything he wants. He can ass off at any time, and NFL teams still want him. Russell Wilson was openly talking about bringing him in over this last week. Skillet? Well, I'm keeping Warren in line. I think Brady can keep him in line. It's it's the only hope that that the argument has, Skillet. And hey, I I, I they were they were teammates for one game. They were teammates for just about a week and a half. I mean, that was it. I, there's so much here. Do you do you understand why I'm I'm very skeptical though? For all these reasons I've told you. Well, you you seem to think that he just doesn't enjoy football anymore, and if that's the case, maybe you're right. I I don't think he enjoys Tuesday practice, Wednesday practice, Thursday the film study, and the, especially this year. Because there's there's a different thought to this, and, and it's it's been a growing concern. Mike Florio wrote about this. And Skillet, thank you very much for the patience and the call. Florio wrote about this in Pro Football Talk, and it, it might have been him or Michael David Smith. I want to give pro, proper credit, but I, it was still Pro Football Talk. And my co-host during the week brought it up. He brought it up back in the summer. I don't think it should be a fear because we're talking about our public health, but there's a fear of, well, you know, the Jets, they're 0-6. The Giants are one and five. Will these teams or one and six now? Will these teams still go out there and and do what they're supposed to do and 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 mind their health and wear their masks and and make sure they're careful about who they're around? Will they still do that or will they start to ass off and will we have problems with with COVID with these teams? Now I don't think that should be a legitimate concern. This isn't all right. We've given up and now you're going to lose the locker room and that's it. This isn't a normal year, which can happen. We are talking about our own personal health, and from athletes that I've ever met, and I've ran across a, bu- a billion of them by now, they're all, to me, hypochondriacs. Most of them are hypochondriacs. Most of them are extremely, extremely hygienic. Of the pro football, baseball, and basketball players that I've been around, they're all overly sensitive to that type of thing. That's why I, I think that we don't give them enough credit. We think, well, it's just going to be this this dirty Petri dish when you get these players around. Any professional athlete that you run across, they are crazy about their hygiene. They're crazy about their 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 appearance, their look, their cleanliness, the whole thing. They they don't like anything dirty around them because they're, they're raised in those, those environments. They come from college programs. They're crazy about all this stuff. They don't want the impetigo. They don't want anything there. And so that 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 breeds over time where then they live it that way. It's an obscene amount of cleanliness. So I, I don't think it should be as much of a concern as what it is. But, yeah, maybe some guys get invited to a party. Maybe they're going to go goof off, and then all of a sudden you have a problem. For Antonio Brown, the reason I bring that up is because I still, okay, is he going to do everything he's supposed to do from a team setting? to make sure he's taking care of himself. 
Well, he does take care of himself with an insane workout. He does take care of himself because he loves to work out. He loves to be in great shape. If he's an athlete, I've never met the man, but if he's an athlete like any other one I've wor- I've met, I don't know if that's going to be such a concern. It's just showing up to practice every day, showing up on time, being in the film study, running the right route, doing what is necessary. Do- and, and honestly, I, I, it has to be doing what Tom Brady advocated you can do for. Because this can't be Bruce Arians' decision. I thought that audio, when I played that audio on the four, when Pierno played it for us in that first segment we had today, I thought that was from a little bit earlier. I did not realize that was from this past March when they're talking about Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. There's not a chance to me that Bruce Arians is thrilled about this. He'll say the right things, I think. I don't think he wants any of the distraction. He doesn't, certainly doesn't want to start off on the wrong foot with his quarterback and his new wide receiver. But coaches don't really change their minds a bunch. They have beliefs. They stick to those beliefs. That's why it was such a big deal when Paul Bear Bryant changed his offense. That's why it's such a big deal when we see what Belichick does because he's open to change, because he's open to, to, to evolve. A lot of coaches aren't. What's half the argument we make about Mike McCarthy? I think some of that's BS. I'm going to talk about it later on in the show. What's half the argument we say about Mike McCarthy? He's stuck in the past. He doesn't want to doesn't want to evolve with the times. So I can't say that I don't believe that Bruce Arians feels that Antonio Brown has changed and he really wants Antonio Brown in his locker room. He's a Ben Roethlisberger guy. He gets along with Ben Roethlisberger. These guys talk to each other. He doesn't trust Antonio Brown. This is all on Tom Brady. So the only thing when when Skillet calls in and other people get in, it's you better have trust in Tom Brady that Tom Brady's going to get that thing taken care of. Because if he doesn't, that could be defining. Because Antonio Brown has already proven he can be powerful enough, and I think this is still more on the organizations. He can be powerful enough where he can mess things up. He can mess things up on you pretty quickly. 855-2124-CBS. Earlier this week, Baker Mayfield says he doesn't give a damn what the national media says. We'll let Baker tell you himself. Hit it. I don't give a damn what they say. Um, it's, it's within this building. Uh, we know we can be better. I know I can be better. And that's how it's going to be handled. The outside noise doesn't matter. They get paid to talk. We get paid to do our work. Baker, I believe he is not trying to pay attention. I believe that he is trying the best he can to stay away from the national media, to stay away from any of the other things that come out. Because anytime the Bronx, the Bronx are 4-2, and two, they should be a typical 4-2 and two football team. The only problem is they got boat raced by the Ravens. They got boat raced by the Steelers, so people don't think they're real. And I'll get into a little bit because I, I think that any fan who thinks that the, just making the playoffs for the Cleveland freaking Browns, who have been just a terrible albatross around the neck of the NFL over the last 20 years, just making the playoffs isn't good enough, I think you're stoned out of your mind. But that's later. This is about Baker right now. There are, to me, legitimate excuses for Baker Mayfield. But Baker is who he is, for better, for worse. Baker's been a guy who, and I called him out on this after week one. I called him out on this after last year. He's been a guy who I think is punched down, who has had to learn humility in the NFL. When he's in college, 
you're doing your thing against Kansas. You're doing your thing against the other team in the Big 12. I think that's a completely different atmosphere than when you're dealing with grown men. Because when you're facing off with guys like Calais Campbell in Baltimore, when you're facing off with guys like Cam Hayward in Pittsburgh, grown men, guys who have made their bones in the NFL, guys who have been to Pro Bowls, guys who have been all pros, guys who have been to deep playoff runs and have paid the fiddler for their organizations and for themselves to achieve greatness. You got to prove to them that you belong in this league. And I still don't believe Baker's done it. I do believe, though, that he's trying his damnedest to not pay attention. It's got to be driving him up the wall. He came into this league. He talked big boy stuff. He got in arguments with other national radio show hosts. He went on their TV shows. He talked trash to them. And I said the whole time, man, I don't like you doing it. If you win the Super Bowl, that guy doesn't stop doing his radio show. If you go out there and fail, he gets to claim a championship over you. You go away. He continues to do his radio and TV show. Even if you win, you don't win. Proven haters wrong, proven doubters wrong. And now this whole thing where, and I don't blame his wife whatsoever, the whole thing on Instagram where some fans are tagging her and talking trash to him, now it's gotten personal with the fans and the family and things like that. I'm not going to blame his wife one moment for, for defending her husband. That's a, that's a partnership between a man and a woman. I'm never, ever going to blame each other for them for defending each other. We should all be so lucky to have somebody who's willing to stick up for us. But Baker is who he is. I think he's trying. I think it's eating him up inside. You know how I know? Because you can see it on the football field. Going back to bad habits, going back to things that he knows are not going to help. In the four games, when you're playing against Cincinnati, who you're expected to beat, playing against Washington, who you're expected to beat, the Cowboys, that was a, a toss-up. Indianapolis, you were expected to beat Indianapolis at home. And those four games, the second half against Indianapolis wasn't good at all. And the other games, he, he was efficient. He did what he was supposed to do. Pro football focus won't say he's supposed to do. I'm in Cleveland. I watch every single one of those games. He didn't light up the lakefront, but he did a fair enough job, and those games were not won in spite of Baker Mayfield. He helped them win. But they're a run-first team. And if they're going to be able to help him, and I've mentioned this before, if Kevin Stefanski is going to be able to help Baker Mayfield, he's going to have to try to do the exact same thing that Mike Vrabel has done for Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. And before you scoff, go back and look at the beginning of last season with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee when he took over for Mariota. Run the ball, good offensive line, try to play solid defense, don't turn it over, be as efficient as you possibly can. Now... Some of the training wheels are back off because you need to tear it back down to the studs and treat him as if he was a rookie. The biggest issue, though, is that he's still with the same organization. Tannehill was with a new team and had a new lease on life with a new coach. Mayfield's in year three. There are definitely excuses that I think are, are plausible for Baker Mayfield. He's had four coaches in three years. He's had at least three offenses. He's been playing hurt the last couple of weeks. He got hammered against Pittsburgh last week. And, yeah, part of it is that he plays for the Browns. The Browns have a bad history with quarterbacks. They have a bad history in general over the last 20 years. Those are all legitimate. But with new quarterbacks, this is still showing when you've had that many coaches, when you've had that many problems, the schedule is going to be the most important thing. 
He's gone back to bad habits. He's gone back to playing nervous around teams that he knows he's supposed to beat. That's not just any team over there. That's Pittsburgh. That's not just any team over there. That's Baltimore. And he knows that the national spotlight's on him. He knows that Jim Nance and Tony Romo were in the booth last week. And it eats him up inside. He says he doesn't pay attention to the national media. I believe he tries all he wants, but he can't help it. He has to. You are who you are, for better or for worse. And he's paying attention to it. Some of this, no, I'm not going to say it's all his fault. I don't think they should have kept Hugh Jackson after year two. They probably should have put Baker Mayfield with a new general manager and a new head coach and started off in a new way. They went with Greg Williams for an interim head coaching spot. They put then Freddie Kitchens, who's a glorified fan, in charge of that offense last year. It was an abomination. He looked over to the sidelines. He didn't trust the head coach. He didn't trust his teammates. And the worst part about it, he didn't trust himself. He's a man who plays arrogantly. He has to trust himself. And you can see it on the field when he doesn't. It's sad. The schedule is the most important thing. There are other situations. Derek Carr, Jared Goff, they get different head coaches. Jared Jared Goff having a renaissance right now. Derek Carr playing very, very well right now. There are situations where it doesn't work like that. But I look at Sam Darnold and the Jets thinking, boy, you came in with a different head coach. They saddled you with this guy, and now it doesn't look like you're very long for the Jets at all. Sean McDermott, same coach, new quarterback, putting it together the right way, taking care of each other. Yeah, you could say, hey, they're 4-2 and two up in Buffalo and Josh Allen didn't look that good last week. You played against some pretty good opponents. They're a good organization. It's a good coaching staff, and it looks like Josh Allen has a lot of talent on that, on that arm and has a lot of talent in that body. At times, he's a wild stallion. Lamar Jackson taken at the back end of the first round. Well, we don't know what we want to make out of Lamar. Good coach, good staff, long standing together, and you're seeing the fruits of the labor with Lamar Jackson. Josh Rosen taken by a terrible organization at that time with a terrible head coach, didn't have a prayer. It matters. The way you raise a quarterback is still the same way you raise a child. It matters. But now you've put Baker Mayfield in a position where every single one of these next 10 games is life and death for him. If you lose any of them, considering their schedule is one of the easiest in the NFL, you lose any of them, everybody's going to call for your head. You win any of them with the exception of beating Pittsburgh and Tennessee and Baltimore, which are on that schedule, you don't get the credit. He is playing for his life every week now. 855-2124-CBS. Matt Verderam joins us 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. Up next, top five Halloween songs. Pierno, you got it, baby. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Matt Verderam coming up in less than 20 minutes. 855-2124-CBS. It's time for the top five Halloween songs. Pierno picked another good one. Pierno, we don't got a lot of time. Let's get right down to business. All right, songs that should be on your Halloween party playlist. Number five, I'm going with Time Warp from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's silly. It's fun. Included in the song's lyrics, it's how to do the dance that goes along with it. Home run on the first pitch, Pierno. So, yes. you know, jump to the left and then a step to the right. So, we're going with Time Warp <laughs> number five. Number four, I'm going with Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. 
You Cle- bastard. You bastard. I put it on. Okay, I put it on honorable mention. I was just going to say because this is the first time anybody's mentioned Rockwell on public airways since that song came out in <laughs> 1984. No, well, that's not true because, again, you know, cliche 80s song, you know, cheesy pop versus a corny, ah. but. Uh, it, you know, listen, it's fun. It's good for the Halloween because you got the paranoid theme. And then, listen, our of course, our great sponsor, Geico, used the song in their classic commercials. I mean, Fact. The, the stacks of money. How great were those commercials Fact. back in the day? Oh, uh, true. So, and, you know, Michael Jackson well, was the one that sang backup. And somebody's well, watching. Yeah, me that's there. the whole so, thing. Yeah, yeah, but the problem is everybody just thought he was ripping off Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little tough for Rockwell in that situation. Well, because Rockwell's sister was married to Jackson's brother, so that's how that whole thing happened there. So well, somebody's watching be. me at number four. Number three, Ray Parker's Ghostbusters. Iconic damn theme it, song damn it, damn from it, the it, film. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Now I gotta change it. I gotta change it. No, you don't change it. What do you mean you gotta change it? You keep what you keep your list. You gotta, you, you gotta no. copy all mine now? You're gonna we're gonna have the same exact list? I forgot Stupid. about Ghostbusters. Well, theme. That's, your, that's your fault. You didn't remember. We can't have the same exact oh, list. Go now. to hell. It's the top the five. Ghostbusters, simple, a beat, cheerful sing along. It was nominated for an Academy Award. It's the Ghostbusters. Come on. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. That's etched in pop culture history, that line. And another fun fact here that originally it wasn't that supposed to be a full length song. It was only supposed to be between 20 and 25 seconds for the library scene. But then they wound up turning it into a full song, and thankfully they did because it's great. Uh, Number two, what we're listening to right now, going with Thriller. Okay. Again. So you got the synthesizer, the spooky sound effects in it, legendary dance numbers. This music video, like, legit scared me when I was little. Like, I was just petrified of this video. Maybe one of the most, uh, maybe the most famous music video of all time. And number one, I mean, you mentioned it before, have to go with Monster Mash. It just, it's synonymous with Halloween. It's infectious, you know? See, I, I have actual songs that are not actually, like, kind of about Halloween. Like, someone said the Halloween theme, and I go, well, it's a movie. And, like, I, I can't put the Halloween theme in here, I'm right? Just, I, I'm, I, you, no, you could. I, I'm curious. Because uh, when I think of the Monster Mash, I also think of, like, a particular movie that was not very good, but I loved it as a kid. What I'm just that? wondering if you have any idea what it could possibly be. The movie? There, yeah. This, uh, have, uh, did you ever see uh, My Pet Monster? No. Where the kid turns into a monster, like every time he gets hungry, he winds up I'm turning not, into a monster. I'm not Gene Siskel like you. No, no, no I'm, I'm, I would just cure. I would just cure. It's not a good movie. I'm just saying I loved it as a kid, and every time they use this song in the intro for, and they had like a Super Mario Brothers <laughs> intro that they put together. I just think okay. of that. So, all right, well, fair, fair, fine. It's um, not a good movie, but I loved it as a kid. Well, I left out the Halloween theme, and I left off "Somebody's Watching Me" by Rockwell. You're going to hate my list. You're going to hate my list. You All right, number, f- number number 5 is Monster Mash by Bobby Piggott. Number 4, I'm taking out one and I'm putting Ghostbusters in there at number 4. All right. I'm putting the <laughs> Ghostbusters theme there at number 4. Right. I told you you were going to hate it. At number 3, <laughs> I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say it. Here we go. At number 3, Dragula. By Rob Zombie. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. People go, can that stripper metal? I don't care. You know what? I love Rob Zombie. I love Rob Zombie, America. I'm unashamed to say it. 
I celebrate their entire catalog. I celebrate White Zombie. I love Rob Zombie, okay? I love it. Thunder Kiss 65, the whole thing. I'm a fan of them. I don't care what you have to say. I love it. And yes, if I was a stripper, I'd be singing, I'd be dancing nothing to, but to Rob Zombie. Uh, number two, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Uh, the very end, Vincent Price and the laugh at the end is, is fantastic. And number one, Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon. Yes, I was looking at that. Yes, I, I'd consider that as a possibility. His hair was perfect. Fantastic. So you didn't mind that, Were- Werewolves of London? Okay, no, I no, no, it. no, not at all. Okay, all right, all right. I'll take it, all right, thank you. Okay, so that's top five. We'll put them up there on Twitter as well. I'm, Pirano, I love you. You were very accepting of that. Coming up at noon, it's dumb. Find a better idea. No, not you. I'm talking about something else uh, entirely, I swear to God. That's coming up at noon. Up next, Matt Verderam going to join us. National College Football, or National NFL Reporter, I beg your pardon, for fan at Stacking the Box podcast. We talk Tua, we talk AB, we talk Baker, the whole thing, the Cowboys and the mess that they're at, and I think that they're doing scapegoat stuff. Stay with us. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. Right now, you can save an extra 15%. You can get a credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's on top of what Geico could already save you. What are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more. Also, tomorrow, it's an NFL on CBS doubleheader with early games featuring two of the AFC's best going toe-to-toe when Big Ben and the Steelers head to Tennessee to take on Tannehill and the Titans. Later, most of you will see 49ers and see if they can turn their season around against the New England Patriots, while others will watch the Chiefs battle the Broncos. We get you set for the day's action. With the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific tomorrow, the NFL is on CBS. Ken Carmen until 2 p.m. Eastern, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Reaching out to Matt Verderam, hopefully we'll be able to get him soon and talk NFL with him. You know, going back to what I had said about Baker Mayfield, I, you'll call it excuse-making. I, I think there are a couple of valid excuses. They're not They're not altogether great, and ultimately his – when you're a like I'm looking at Brady Quinn right now. Let me use him as an example. Brady Quinn held out. Brady Quinn went to a bad organization at that time. Brady didn't do himself any favors. Ultimately, Brady Quinn. Now he's in the media. He can try to change that as much as he can. But people who saw him will still say, it, "Brady Quinn's history is on him." That you put everything on yourself. And so ultimately, as I can say, hey, Baker had four coaches in three years. He's had at least three different offenses. He plays for the Browns. There is a history there, no matter what I I want to say, and you know who I am partial to if you listen to this show. Now he's been hurt. These are legitimate things that I can say, and if he's a bust in 20 years, they'll say Baker Mayfield was in the NFL and Baker Mayfield was a bust. Number one overall pick, number one overall bust. Another one of those guys who are Heisman Trophy winners who went out there and failed. That's that's what will be said. And I see a scenario right now. I heard Brian McFadden on uh, with Robin Lumberg just the show before us. And McFadden had said, you know, if they lose to Cincinnati, we could see Case Keenum. I'm not sure if that's if that's true. The only thing I, I thought, and, and I was going to bring this up later, 
I think that if Baker Mayfield can't go, and Spiro Adidas was on Bull and Fox in Cleveland on on Thursday, and it said that Baker Mayfield told him point blank he didn't feel any better. And from what I saw against Pittsburgh on last Sunday, I'm thinking there's no reason to play him. You, you brought Case Keenum in for a reason. Go ahead and play Case Keenum. You could beat Cincinnati with Case Keenum. Get the 5-2, and two, get some breathing room, and see if you can go out against the Raiders with Baker Mayfield, or if you have to do Case Keenum again, go with Case Keenum again. Guys like me will get worked into a shoot and, and talk about how Case Keenum should run the offense, Case Keenum's a better fit, this, that, and the other. We will because it, it's, it's something dramatic, and we know that it'll get you going. Guys like me will do it. But the Browns need to make the proper decision. And so if the Browns need to make the proper decision based on injury, I, I wouldn't play him and let him go out there and let if, – if he's hurt, if he's really hurt. According to Kevin Stefanski yesterday, Kevin Stefanski says he's fine. Or Kevin Stefanski says he's looked better in practice. We saw video over the week, didn't look that good, and there was only a 15-minute session that you can film practice. Didn't look that good, didn't look that healthy. You could sit him, put him in sweatpants, don't even put him in his jersey because then people will wonder – have them in sweatpants, have them with the earbud in, have them listening, have them watching. And see if he's ready to go against Las Vegas the next week. Because you can beat Cincinnati. It, it Trust me, toe-to-toe, Joe Burrow's way better than Case Keenum. But you can beat Cincinnati, especially without Joe Mixon. You can beat them with Case Keenum. You're paying the guy $6 million a year to do something for you. You might as well do that. Because if you let Baker Mayfield, who's hurt... If he's really that hurt, it seems that he is, if you let him go out there and get even further injured against Cincinnati, then you're playing catch-up for the rest of time. And I brought this up on my weekday show yesterday. One of the worst things that could happen, yeah, the absolute worst thing that could happen is the bottom falls out on this and you're not a playoff team and your quarterback's not your quarterback and you've wasted this talent, you've wasted these moves, you've wasted the last couple of years, and then you go back further, you wasted your tank, which don't even get me started on the tank because I'll rant and rave over that all day and all night long about teams that tank because then you just force yourself to make perfect decisions every single day or every single year, and you have to force yourself to do that to get yourself out of the muck and then get yourself going in the right direction. I can't stand when people start saying tanking in the NFL. But if the season were to end and Baker Mayfield, who's already has injured ribs, were to have even a further injury, if you have to make a decision right now, if you're the Cleveland Browns, what the hell are you doing? Say Baker Mayfield gets hurt in that Cincinnati game and there, there's a serious injury and he's not going to be back for a while. Well, you're either going to go with Case Keenum for the rest of the year, you're going to make a crazy trade, whether it considers with Matt Ryan or with Matt Stafford up in Detroit or possibly somebody else. Some people mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think I'd kick the tires on that. But some people mentioned that. If you wanted to make one of those crazy trades, you could do that. You could wait until the offseason, make a trade for a veteran, or if you really wanted to go for broke, you could try to trade up and try to get one of those one of those quarterbacks. But if a team really needs a quarterback, they're going to take them. So you're not getting the number one overall prospect, but you're probably getting another one. Also in a year where you have quarterbacks that are coming out that we know what Trevor Lawrence is, we know what Justin Fields is, do we know exactly what Trey Lance is? Do we know what the other ones are? Probably not. So you're in a really tough spot. If he gets hurt tomorrow, you put yourself in a real tough spot. Because you're not only trying to win games, you're trying to see what you can develop. And the more we've talked about it, the more we've thought about it. It's a situation that, that feels 
almost untenable. Browns are four and two. They've come out to a nice start. They're scrutinized way more. They don't get credit for the wins. They they get killed for the losses. You've beaten teams you're supposed to. And the question, well, the Browns aren't they're not really that good. They've beaten a bunch of easy football teams. The Browns are not a really good football team to begin with. They were six and ten last year. They were a massive disappointment. The year before they went seven, eight, and one, we acted like we won the Super Bowl. And I say we because I'm in Cleveland. I believe in giving credit where credit's due. I believe in relaxing. I'd calls this week. Well, you know, if they if, if they make the playoffs and they get beat up by Kansas City, they get beat up by Kansas City. Okay, you, you haven't you haven't been to the playoffs since 2002. I'm perfectly fine with you going to the playoffs and getting your asses handed to you by Kansas City. That would mean that your quarterback played well enough to get you to the playoffs, and then we could cross a bridge during the offseason when we get there. But the next 10 games will spell what the future is for Baker Mayfield. And it, and it feels as if every game is going to choke him. You're not going to get credit for the wins because of your running game, because of your offensive line, unless you go out and you throw for 350 yards, and that simply right now is not his type of offense. Spiro Ditas was on with Bull and Fox. We have that for you. This is what Spiro Ditas said. We asked Baker about his rib injury and what it feels like and. You know, we said, is it, is it any better? And he kind of paused and he said, you know, to be honest with you, it's not better, but it's just something I'm going to have to deal with. Uh, he says it affects him on his follow through. So, you know, again, we know how difficult it is, guys, to play quarterback in the NFL when you're healthy and feeling good. Now you suddenly throw that into the mix and that just makes his job that much more challenging. And it seems like at least at this point, it's going to be an injury that he's going to have to deal with at least here for the next couple of weeks. But, you know, in this league, as you guys know, no one feels sorry for you. And they're just going to have to put all that stuff aside and then try to win a game. I was surprised Dita said said as much as that. Usually you don't really say that type of thing before games. You usually wait for that during the game and then bring that out of storylines during the game. He was willing to tell Bull and Fox that. that that's a scary scenario to a Browns fan. Because you're trying to please a lot of masters this year. You're trying to figure out what your quarterback's going to be for the rest of the year, what you need to do this offseason, whether or not you're going to keep guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, whether or not you're going to try to hold on to those guys, you're going to try to make trades, whether or not you're going to try to make a trade, a big trade for a veteran quarterback out there. Again, I bring up Matt Ryan and bring up Matt Stafford. Detroit, if they keep going the way that Detroit, I think, is going to go, they'll probably be in a position to take a Trey Lance or somebody of that nature. Are you going to keep Matt Stafford or are you going to move on from Matt Stafford and just start anew with a new head coach, maybe a new general manager, and, and, and move on from there if you're the Detroit Lions? Atlanta, they will have a new general manager and a new head coach. Matt Ryan at 35 years old, is Matt Ryan that guy that they're going to keep or are they going to be in a position where they can take another quarterback and bring that quarterback along and start fresh? Well, Matt Ryan still certainly has miles on him. One of the leaders in passing yards, he already has good weapons. I say, what would Matt Stafford do with those weapons? I, I brought this up before, and this is where I can't give a lot of excuses to Baker Mayfield. I'm watching Minnesota this last week. When you have three interceptions in the first half, and you have Kyle Rudolph, and you have Adam Thielen, I know the offensive line hasn't been what, what anybody really wants him to be up there in Minnesota, and they've had injuries just like anybody else. But I said, Kirk Cousins can't have these type of performances with that many weapons, and people picked right up on it. Well, you have two top-end wide receivers. You have two, even though one's hurt, you have two top-end running backs. You have a good offensive line, and you're turning in that type of performance against one of the league's top teams. Yep, people are going to be very critical of you. And with their schedule, they can get to 9-7, and seven, even 10-6. and six.
regarded seriously, though, in the next year, you could definitely get to a point where you make the playoffs, You and that's a good thing for that organization, a great thing for that organization, and it shouldn't be frowned upon. Yeah, you'd probably get hammered. If it looks like it right now, they'd be the sixth seed against Kansas City. You'd probably go to Arrowhead and, and, and get waxed. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Kansas City. I said before, I don't know if Kansas City's going to the Super Bowl again this year. I think Tennessee's going to be a hell of a threat. I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh are going to be a hell of a threat. And they've already won a Super Bowl. But they'll probably take care of business there. But it'd be great if you put yourself in a position going, OBJ works, Jarvis works, this running game works, this head coach works, this general manager works, which is something the Browns haven't been able to say for a while. Do we know if this quarterback works? Would Matt Stafford? work with this team? Would Matt Ryan work with this team? Would veteran quarterback X, Y, or Z work with this team? And people will bring it up, and I'm going to have to, I'll be one of the first ones to do it here. If they don't make a Super Bowl, it will be an ugly divorce in Green Bay. There will be conversations. That guy feels as he, he is at the top of his game through the first four weeks of the season, five weeks of the season. He looked like he was at the top of his game. He had a bad game against Tampa Bay. He's, he's had enough great games he can get a mulligan, at least right now. But if they're not a championship football team this year, you can already feel it in the air in Green Bay. Okay, can you take a run at a guy like that? I don't know if you can. It, Cleveland still has a connotation with it. If you're a playoff team with those other weapons – if you can keep OBJ somewhat happy, which is going to be a tough thing to do, if you can keep everybody somewhat happy, prove that Kevin Stefanski is the right guy for this job, maybe you can. Because they didn't take Jordan Love in the first round just to sit him forever. And so if they don't get to where they're supposed to go, you know Aaron Rodgers believes in himself. So there will be options. But your main goal is to just get there. That would be a tremendous step forward for one of the worst franchises in NFL history over the last 20 years. Coming up in under an hour, we'll talk baseball with Matt Snyder. Up next, it's dumb. Find a better idea. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 